listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Um, you know, the last time I was thinking about this, the last time I, I preached was actually New Year's, New Year's Day. So, um, so it's been a while since I've been up here, and it's kind of, we got this new, like, platform. It's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> And for those of you who, who are new, like you don't even know what you're getting yourself into today. And for those of you who have been here a while, you're like, so glad you were on vacation um, for, for a while. But, uh, but anyways, we're going to have fun today. Um, I, we were actually on vacation a couple different weeks uh, out of the last, uh, last three months. Um, we went on our anniversary. We Adrienne and I have been married now 15 years, so we went on an anniversary trip in, in January to Mammoth, which was awesome. And um, right, she's put up with me for 15 years. And then uh, we, we actually went with our kids to Mammoth because we loved it so much, and we went and took them skiing, so that was fun. And then, um, and actually last month we were in, in Hawaii, in the island of Kauai, which was amazing. And I know, this is exhausting, right? I had all these trips, so um, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm really not complaining, but uh, we've been traveling a lot, which is cool. Um, but I thought I'd share with you a story of, the, of a day, um, the first day we got to Kauai. We, we went on a walk. And uh, so we got to Kauai probably in the afternoon, on a, like on a Tuesday afternoon or something, Wednesday morning, um, because, you know, it's three hours difference. Uh, we woke up at like 4.30 in the morning, I think the kids were waking us up, and so we were like up before dark and drinking coffee and, and you know, relaxing. And, and uh, Charlie, who's my father-in-law, we went with all of our family, like all of Adrienne's family, which was awesome. Trust me, I love my, my, my in-laws, so it's okay. It was, it was good. Um, Charlie, Charlie is one of my, my great friends over the 20 years. I've known him probably. Um, we've gotten a lot of, we had lots of really cool talks uh, while we've either been riding our bikes uh, into the, the French Alps or Mount Baldy or um, running along, uh, you know, half marathon routes and stuff. Um, we often, those conversations turn to, to Christ and, and, and what he means to us and what, you know, just the glory of his creation, of God's creation is just the whole, the whole um, you know, he's just really been a, a support to me. So anyways, on that day, like at 5.45 in the morning, you know, I thought, you know, the sun's going to rise pretty soon. And uh, I was like, Charlie, let's go down to the, uh, let's go down to the, to the beach and watch the sunrise. And he said, yeah, let's go. Let's run, actually. I was like, no, I'm tired. I'm tired. Well, I'm not running. That guy, he's like 72 years old, and he is um, actually top five in the U.S. for triathletes in his age group. So he, he won like fourth, I think, in, in the uh, U.S. national triathlete trials. I mean, there's only like 12 of those guys that do uh, triathlons, but... <laughs> at 72, but he's, he's, he's pretty amazing. So anyways, um, Charlie and I, we, we walked down to the beach, and I wanted to show you this, this picture of, of, the, of the spot that we walked to. Um, it just doesn't do it justice, so I'm sorry about that, but it was beautiful, trust me, and the sun was rising over that little bluff right there, and the colors were way awesomer than that, but, um, but they were really cool. I have it on my iPad here, and it looks better even here, so I'm sorry. I just can't describe how beautiful it was. But we walked, and we saw that, that, that sun rise over the, over the hill there, and, um, and we just start, started talking about God and what, and what an amazing um, creation he had made. And what you don't see here, you can see a wave there, but you don't see what you imagine is that it's just sand, right? You've, you guys have all been into the ocean, and you, know, you stand in the, in the ocean, in knee deep because we had, you know, we had regular clothes on. We weren't ready really to go to in the in the ocean, but we're standing there, and I was like, um, 
instead of standing on sand, there was these beautiful rocks that were, super, that were smooth. It wasn't like sharp, painful rocks. It was just this, it was like almost like concrete laid out um, by God on these, on these, on these, uh, on this shore. And I was standing there, and, and the waves were crashing around, um, around my feet, and I, I just felt this foundation, this firmness, and this real sense of like, wow, nothing can knock me over. Because you know when the waves come and the sand under your feet, you're always like not sure whether you're going you're to fall over. And if you're not paying attention, something hits you and you, you fall down. Maybe that's just me. But, um, you know, when you're we're standing in those waves, there's that sense that there's, there's this sense of insecurity maybe um, that you might fall. But uh, the, fo- the foundation, the power of having my feet on that firm ground, um, it just really brought, brought to mind this whole sermon series, and, uh, and the why we're doing this, because our feet on a firm foundation, um, you know, they're, they're, it's so important um, to have our faith founded on, on, on Christ and these central themes that are so important to who we are. So some of us, you know, are, are new to, 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 the, to the church and to this church thing, and it's like, okay, what exactly are we, are, are we, do we believe? And so, some of, so for those people, it's really helpful to kind of have some ideas about what is it that this church thing is. But for those of us who've been around church, and I've been around church a long time, um, for us it's sometimes really helpful to remind ourselves, what is it that, that we truly believe? Because sometimes we can make it about things that aren't so important, but, uh, but I thought that, uh, you know, that was a great analogy to that. I, it was brought to these words from Matthew, uh, 7, um, verses 24 through 25. It was actually um, Jesus' sermon. So his sermons are way better than my sermons. So he probably wrote, he definitely spoke the, be- the best sermon you'll ever, you know, ever in the history of mankind, the Sermon on the Mount. So, um, so this Sermon on the Mount, he finishes the Sermon on the Mount, and at the end, he sums it up with these words. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, remind yourself, it's not just hear the words and say, oh yeah, that's great. It's just do the words put them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. And that's Jesus speaking to us even today, that those foundations are so key. The foundations of faith are, and even the practice of our faith, the actions of our faith are so valuable, and, and they keep us grounded, they keep us centered, and the waves of life might crash around you, but we believe that by keeping our faith grounded on these foundations, that we keep ourselves connected to God. So, again, as Christians, the foundations of our beliefs are actually that Jesus is our Savior. We, met, we celebrated that, that last week, so we're going to talk a little bit today about four themes of who we believe Jesus is. And, uh, you know, last week we talked about the resurrection. And I think the resurrection is so key and foundational to everything else because, you know, like Jason said last, last week, on, on Friday when Jesus was, was killed, I don't think there was very many Christians around because they're like, um, he's dead. And we're not, I guess all that stuff we thought was going to happen, it's not going to happen. I don't think there was very many people that had this faith that like, oh yeah, this is, this is good, let's do this, let's go conquer uh, you know, the, world, the world for the kingdom of God. No, they were, they were sitting there thinking, uh-oh, we were wrong. And then when Jesus rose from the dead, when Mary saw that those clothes were, 
were in the tomb, but Jesus was not there. I mean, even then, they kind of thought, ah, maybe somebody stole the body. But then Jesus came and showed himself to everyone who'd seen, who knew him before, and they said, Jesus really is alive. And that, because of that, then all of everything else that, that's happened till, till today, the reason we're here today is because of that resurrection story. Because if, if people hadn't seen Jesus alive, there was no reason to do all of these other, other things for, you know, dying for the faith that, no, I saw Jesus alive. That, that is the central tenet of, of Jesus of, of our belief in, in Jesus Christ is because he raised from the dead. Because of that, we, we know that, we talked about last week, that Jesus is our Savior. And second, as Jesus followers, we believe that, that Jesus is working through us today to transform our lives, to be more like him. Like church people, we like to use big words, so I'm going to just use them so that, you know, make a few of us who are church people happy. It's called sanctification. There's a lot of shuns in the Bible. There's like sanctification, uh, I don't know, absolution, resurrection, um, justification. You know, there's lots of cool shuns in the word. And we're going to shun those. I like to call it transformation because it's kind of like more English. But if you like sanctification, so, so, so be it. That's cool. Um, just remember that the concept is that Jesus is working through us to change our lives, to change who we are, how we think, to talk differently, to act differently, to be more like him. That's what we call sanctification. So Jesus not only is our Savior, he's our sanctifier. Thirdly, he's also coming again. So that's, the, that's one of the, the other tenets, is that we believe that Jesus died, but when he left, he said, I will be coming again. And so part of what we do here on earth is to, to anticipate that, that new heaven and new earth, that arrival of Jesus coming again. And finally, what I'm going to talk about today is that Jesus is our healer. We call those four tenets in, in our, in our uh, kind of denomination, we have, have a name for those. It's called the fourfold gospel. The, four, the good news kind of summed up in four different themes about Jesus. And, um, you know, gospel kind of is, a, is, is an, another word that may not make sense if you're, if you're a new, new to the church. So I just want I like to use that. But that's like the good news of Jesus Christ, that he is both not only our Savior, he, he transforms us, he heals us, and he's coming again. And so most of you guys know that I'm a doctor, and so because, you know, it's healing today, I, Jason's like, yeah, that sounds like a good topic for you, buddy. Um, you know, it makes most sense. Um, I probably uh, have the most experience, right, seeing people healed, but, um, you know, it's funny, because I, I, I can stand up here and, and, and I... I think it's, it's easy for, for you, you all to think, oh, yeah, Mark has this all figured out. Mark has this together. But actually, the G- Jesus as our healer, that, that healing ministry is something that, that I actually really struggle with a lot because, of, because as, for me, I see everything through the lens of, of science and of what I can do. I can write a prescription. I can, we can send you to the surgeon. We can fix this, humanly fix this. I can do it. And I really do, do believe that God works through me and through what I can do to transform lives, to, to, to do that healing. I, I, I believe that, or I wouldn't be doing this, this work. But, but I think sometimes it can get a little bit um, skewed, and I can have a bias to be kind of focused on what I can do. 
And admit it, though, I mean, we all kind of have this problem in, in our culture, and, and just as humans in general, we love control. We love to kind of, when we're sick, or when something's not right in our lives, or when, when, um, when we have illness in our family, when our kids are sick, when something's not going well with our, with our parents, um, we all look for something we can do to make it better. I mean, some of us turn to overuse of drugs, or overuse of alcohol, or some of us turn into hypochondriacs. I love these guys because, or women, um, that uh, come in and they, and they think this is the next test or the next doctor or the next medication. Just give me something that'll fix me because I'm, something's wrong. And, um, and, and that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, not, that's kind of like a relying on yourself or relying on humanity. Um, some of us place, place our trust in like, you know, essential oils or, or crystals or Maybe they rely on these specific like faith healing rituals that, that really aren't about the power of Jesus' name to heal us. And I, I don't mean to offend anybody. Like if, those, if you're like all into that, trust me, I'm talking to myself. Because again, it's easier for me to just say, okay, let me, let me find that right prescription than to really truly trust that, that the power of Jesus can, can actually heal. So there's another existential problem that we have with healing because um, there's this thing about healing, at least it may be me because I'm, I'm naturally kind of a skeptic. Um, uh, there's this problem we have that it, and it relates to our faith because there's, there's this condition we all face at the end of our life. And you guys know it's been said that like the only two things you live that you, uh, that you face in life are are, are sure of facing life or death and taxes. And after last week, uh, I think I prefer death, but um, <laughs> because, yeah, I wrote a big check. Um, but, uh, but it's okay. Um, death or taxes are kind of all that we face, right? And, and my point is that on earth, our, anything we see healing-wise, it's only temporary. Can, have you ever thought about this, that, that Lazarus, who Jesus... Jesus, raised from the dead, Lazarus, he's dead. Like, he's dead now. He's dead. He's not, unless you guys saw, saw him somewhere, I haven't seen him, but I think he's dead. So, like, Jesus did all that work to raise him from the dead, and now he's dead again. Like, isn't that weird? Is that, is that just me that thinks that's weird? Like, he's not, he's, you know, maybe, like, Elvis is the only one who hasn't truly, truly died, because I think they saw him last week in the National Enquirer. I was like, oh, Elvis is still alive. Wow. Amazing. Um, but, uh, you know, like all the healings that we see in the Bible, they're truly only temporary, even, even, even the healings that Jesus did in his life. So to me, that's kind of always a little bit like, eh, that's, that's weird. Anyways, just might be something that I think about. But um, finally, there's this tough problem. That the, one of the hardest problems about healing is that, and I hope, you know, probably many of you have had this, this situation and if you haven't yet, you probably haven't lived long enough. But um, you see, we, we hear these stories of people being healed in the Bible, or we hear these stories of other people being healed, and we think, yeah, that's, that's great. It kind of makes us angry because, you know what? I have somebody that I need healed. I have somebody who's suffering. Why hasn't Jesus healed them? Isn't, isn't that so, the... the, the one of the hardest situations that any of us deals with. It's because it's, it's, it just doesn't seem fair. It doesn't, it, it, and some of us may even have walked away from God because we just we can't get our heads wrapped around that. 
That's really hard. And, and, and I wish I had all the answers like tied up and tidy in a neat little bow. Cause, but the, prob- the problem is, I don't understand it either. Some, God is so big and understands so much more than we understand. And, and, and sometimes it's just, it's just tough. You've got to just trust that God is good. And I, I don't, I, 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 again, I've, I've looked at that problem my whole life. And, and um, I don't think we're going to find an answer until till Jesus comes again. But that's a, that's a tough one. So there's all these problems with healing, and I struggle with them myself. Um, but I think the lesson that we're going to see today is that the power of healing doesn't lie in our own power, but in the power of Jesus. That, that healing, it's not a display of our power or some kind of trick that we do to just make, make ourselves look cool. Um, it's the display of the power of Jesus Christ in us. And, and the reason that Jesus heals is not always to relieve our own suffering. It's not always to relieve my pain. Because let's face it, eventually we're all going to die anyway. So, you know, the end result is kind of clear. Unless Jesus comes before you die, we're all going to face that fate. So the purpose of Jesus' healing isn't to just relieve that one person's suffering, although Jesus does care about our suffering but the reason that Jesus heals is because he wants to point to the one who has the power over death and disease forever. And that is why Jesus heals. So we're going to talk about that today through a story. And I want to go in a story from, a, from the book of Acts. Because sometimes I think we think that, oh yeah, Jesus did this. You know, Jesus healed, healed people. And you hear a lot of those stories in, in the New Testament, in, the, in what we call the Gospels. So I think sometimes we think, many people believe that, oh, that's, that's for back then. That was before, you know, that was when Jesus was around. Um, but I think it's important that we realize that, that healing can continue to happen today because it happened with those early disciples. So we'll just go to the book of Acts. And um, Acts is written by Luke, who was a doctor. My kind of guy, right? Um, he was a doctor. And, and doctors, you know, they, they have to take... Uh, and cats, and they, they're pretty smart guys, right? So, so not, myself not included. I'm not <laughs> trying to talk about myself, but he, they, they're usually pretty meticulous, at least. I mean, and he investigated all of the accounts that happened in the early days of Christianity, and he, he writes this, this uh, you know, the book of Luke that we call, he writes it, and in that he talks about how he thoroughly examined it all. He, he really looked it into this stuff, because because all these people were still alive. And so we asked them, hey, what, what happened? What, what exactly is going on? And um, so he wrote, wrote down the truth that he heard from all of these people after examining it thoroughly. And uh, this is what we have as an account of the early church. So Acts is really kind of the continuation after Luke, he wrote the book of Acts. And, um, and so in this book, in this account, we, we get to see what happens after Easter Sunday. After Jesus is, a, is resurrected and then eventually is, you know, another shun word, uh, ascension into heaven. Like he, goes, he, goes, he goes and leaves them to spread the gospel, to spread that good news. Um, and so this, this particular uh, story comes from Acts 3. And, and uh, there's two characters in the story. One is Peter, who's like the famous apostle, the one who's, you know, Jesus' kind of right-hand man. And John, who's like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the guy who wrote John, that guy. Um, and he was also an apostle. And, and so Peter and John, right after uh, they kind of come out of this section we call Pentecost, where, where the Holy Spirit 
inhabits them. One of the first things that happens is this healing. And so we're going to go through that story today. And uh, Peter and John, they're, they're going to the temple to pray. And so we'll start with Acts 3, verses 1 through 2. And it's going to be 1 through 10. So we'll kind of go through it all uh, over the next few minutes. So Acts 3, 1 through 2. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At 3 in the afternoon, I don't know why he chose specifically to point out three in the afternoon, but three in the afternoon. Now, because he thoroughly examined it, he's pretty meticulous, that's probably why. No, a man, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. So a few things that I want you to notice here. First is that this guy is probably somebody that Peter and John have walked by many times. He's, he's a beggar. He, he, this is where he hangs out. This is what he does. And many of us, you know, I, maybe myself included, kind of try not to make eye contact with these guys, right? We're just like, yeah, thank you. And, you know, okay, keep walking, keep walking. Um, I'm sure that's probably what they've done as well many times because this guy sat right outside the temple gate and Peter and John, these guys are temple guys. They, they're, they're, they're going there a lot. So, so this is a guy that they probably, they probably knew who he was. He had this physical disability and his friends would drop him off just to get his money for that, for that day, just to kind of eat and be able to, you know, put, put food on the table for this, for this guy. And, uh, and the next part is, is, is Acts 3, 3 through 5. We're going to talk, see what happens this time, because something changed, something's different. So when he saw Peter and John about to enter, this is the beggar they're talking about, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and this kind of seems different, right? Because most of us, like I said, we try not to, we just walk by a homeless person, we try, we try to not make eye contact. Maybe it's just me. I'm, I'm, I usually stand up here and talk about how all the, all the bad things I do, so, so, so I apologize for that. But that's just me. I'm, I'm, I'm awkward. I'm like, oh, what do I say? What do I do? Um, and so that's, that's something that, uh, you know, these guys were probably thinking, but Peter said, oh, look at me. Look at me right in the eyes. Look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting something from them. And he got this guy's attention. But see, I think the beggar, he was thinking, he was thinking that he was going to get something from them that was tangible, like just some, you know, because he really just wanted to get something that, that could get him through the day. Okay, he was kind of getting, getting that, that small, like, I just need what's immediately in front of me that I need today. But these guys say something different. So Peter says, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Like, I don't think the beggar was thinking that, right? It was not what he was coming for. Like, he hadn't been like, oh, I believe in Jesus. Just, just help me be healed. That guy was just like, please just give me some money. I just need, you know, I got my coffee cup. Can you just give me a few quarters? But the thing is, like, Peter and, Peter and John, they, they, they'd been sold out. In Acts 2, if you guys kind of back up, and I won't read it now, but you can read it later. Um, but in Acts 2, they talked about how these, this body of believers, this, this group, they were sold out for, for Jesus. They were, they were ready to spread this gospel. They were selling their possessions and and just, they didn't have money because they were really, like, they were ready to go take the kingdom of God. They were, ta- they were ready to spread that God, good news to all, 
all the ends of the earth. And that's what they were really focused on. So they didn't just like, they weren't real rich guys. And um, so I think, I think it's cool how, you know, some of the first, some of the first things that happen after, after these, after Pentecost, after God is, God is, um, I mean, after these, these disciples are ready to kind of start their ministry is this healing. And I think it's really instructive in this verse 6, what, what he says. Because sa- Peter says this, by the power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He doesn't say, like, by the power of me or power of Peter. It doesn't say, you know, by, thank you so much for having so much faith. Because of your faith, you're healed. This guy didn't have faith right yet. Like, he gets faith later. But, like, he didn't come saying, like, oh, I believe in Jesus. He didn't. It was this guy, this guy was just a, just a beggar who was just hoping to get something to make, to make ends meet. But God had a bigger plan. And the power of Jesus Christ in them, in Peter and John, that made a big difference. And that made all the difference. And he says, in the name of Jesus. And in our culture, we don't really think much about names. I mean, there's, names don't really have a lot of power. But in that Jewish culture at that time, names were everything. I mean, we have some names that kind of like evoke responses in us. I mean, we talk about Adolf Hitler or Osama bin Laden. I mean, those, ta- those names, are, you know, you kind of have some emotion behind them. But it's not like they have, they have power or anything, you know, over us. But names in that, in that culture would have... By saying, in the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk, that was almost like a proof that what Jesus, that Jesus was real, that, that Jesus really did this. Um, and so I think, I think it's sometimes hard for us to kind of get that, but that's super key, that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And I think it's important that it wasn't you know, his own power. It wasn't something he did. It wasn't some, you know, ritual that he performed for this guy. It wasn't like, a, 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 you know, kind of a, I think of it as a cute parlor trick to, sh- to show how cool he was. It was in the name of Jesus. And it was life transforming, and it was God glorifying, and it was miraculous. And that change in this man's life could not be hidden. So we're going to go to the next section here, Acts 3, 7 through 8. So taking him by his right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. I mean, this guy who'd been sitting at the front, outside the front door, is now going into the temple, jumping for joy because Jesus healed him. It was immediate and it was evident And he couldn't help but praise God (laughs) because he got way more than he bargained for. He was just looking for something small. But what he received was beyond his wildest dreams and beyond what he could have imagined. And we often do this with God. We think small. We ask for our immediate needs, what we we think, oh, you know, just just make this better. Help me with my... Homework, I don't, I don't know. There's just small stuff that, God, that we ask for God, and I think he, he hears that. But I think we don't sometimes imagine and expect 
the immense power of the name of Jesus Christ. The power of the resurrection story, the power of Easter, is that Jesus has conquered death. He has conquered the biggest hurdle that we will ever face in this man's life and the life of those who saw this man were changed forever. And I think our lives can be changed forever too because of these kinds of healings that can happen. So why did Jesus heal this man? And why did he heal him at this time? So this is, this is a really key piece of it. So let's go to Acts 3, 9 through 10. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. I was like, that's John, the, the beggar guy. Well, I don't know if his name was John. But didn't say. But I'm just making that up. John Doe. Um, so. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And what we see throughout the healing stories, whether it's you know, in the Gospels, in, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when they're talking about Jesus walking the earth and healing people, or whether it happens after, after Jesus has, has left them, the disciples, and even to this day, healing always occurs for a purpose, not for relieving suffering in the, in the, in the immediate, but actually for God's glory, for, to change the world to change people's perception of, of, of Jesus Christ. And, and I think that's what happened here. Actually, if you keep reading in this story, it's pretty cool. Um, Peter, because of this healing, he gets a chance to actually share the gospel with all of these you know, kind of non-believing Jewish people and even some and, and, and those who, who would have been Gentiles as well. He got to share this good news of Jesus Christ. He also kind of like, tweaked the religious people like, you just killed this guy and now look what, what he does. Look what he can do. Um, so, so, you know, Peter likes to do that kind of thing. He tweaks, tweaks the religious people. But um, see, I think, I think it's really key that, that healing just doesn't come because we, we need our own suffering and our own kind of small needs met, but healing comes to change, transform lives in lives of others, not even necessarily the person who's healed, but the person, the people around them as a, as a story and a testimony to be told for eternity. So the power of Jesus is not on display for the temporary, but for the eternal. And I, I so believe this, and it's the thing that actually struggle, I struggle with all the time because, it, because of, again, I, I feel like I can write a prescription or I can, you know, cut something out or, or send somebody to the right doctor or do the right procedure to fix things. But, but I, I truly believe that the power of Jesus Christ is evident in the supernatural and the miraculous healings that even happen today. And I hesitate to end with this story because it, it makes it seem like it's about me and, um, and it also is kind of embarrassing, uh, this story. <laughs> I know, I know. But I, I you know, we, we often think that people stand up here have to have this all figured out. And so I think I've um, shown you a lot today that I, I don't have it all figured out. But, but um, as many of you guys remember, and some of you were here nine months ago, um, I, in an act of like kind of pure stupidity and sheer ignorance and proving, it proved, like absolutely proved, there's doctors, pre-doctors back here, um, M's cat scores do not correlate with like 
real life um, intelligence. So I dropped a trailer on my hand and it shattered it nine months ago. And I, pre I preached about it a little bit th that day, and some of you probably weren't even here by, at, back then. So, um, but I have, like, I had to have a surgery, and, in a, and I have a plate and five screws in my hand to prove how smart I am. And um, it's like my M I should tattoo my MCAT score over it. It's like, yeah, smart. <laughs> smart guy. But I was so grateful that I hadn't, like, lost a finger or lost a hand completely because I, I love to play music that was, you know, it's just the joy that Christ puts in me to, to just worship God through music. And I, you know, I, I don't think I would be a very good one-handed doctor because that would be kind of awkward. And so I was just super thankful that I could at least, like I had a hand and that it kind of worked. Um, and, um, you know, in the aftermath of all of that, I, I was playing, I think I was playing keyboard because you only need your right hand when you play worship keyboards kind of, you know, doesn't take, doesn't take much skill. And um, so I was playing with my right hand. And, uh, <laughs> yes. No, Melody knows how to play, actually. She actually is a piano player. But, um, but I, I remember that a, a time where, where the worship team um, surrounded me and, and prayed that my hand would heal. So what happened after I, I had surgery and I started having function in my hand, but half of my hand was numb. And like my thumb was, was numb and my fingers were numb. And so that was just, and I, I talked to the doctor who's a friend of mine who, who did the surgery. And he said, you know, that was a, a massive crush injury to your hand. Um, you know, the, the, you, you're a doctor. You know what nerves, nerves do. They, they don't always heal. And nerves are kind of like this magical structure in our bodies we talked a little bit about it when we were talking about the brain, um, but nerves are, are amazing, but once they're dead, uh, they're dead. Um, and so I had this sense like, they're, it's not going to come back, you know, it's just, just numb. And uh, I mean, I can live with it. I, like I said, I'm, my, as long as I could get by, I was happy. And I was thinking small. And I remember Drew specifically, Drew, um, Drew and Jackie are, are, are part of our worship team, and, and I remember Drew saying, Jesus, just heal heel marks the nerves in his hand. And, um, and I just thought, and again, this is embarrassing because I'm, I'm like, you know, supposed to be the guy who has all this faith and, you know, I, I just was like, Drew, it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not what happens. Um, but maybe, you know, whatever. But um, I didn't think like Jesus would bother to make a little difference in, in, in you know, my little hand. Uh, because you know, I, I was getting by and it was fine. But about two months ago, and I think it was maybe Jeff, Jeff Allen, somebody here at church was like, hey, how's your hand doing? And um, I didn't think about it much. I was like, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's, it's just, you know, it's numb in a few places, and, and, uh, but it, it works fine. And then I wiggled my fingers, and I was telling him, and I, and I was like, actually, actually, yeah, it's, not, it's not numb anymore. It's totally, it's, it's, I feel everything. Um, and <laughs> it felt like normal. And, and I told, I, told, I think it was Jeff, I told him, I said, yeah, that's actually pretty good. I mean, I didn't connect, so again, not real bright, I didn't connect the, um, the prayers and the, and, the, and the prayer that, that many of you probably prayed 
for me to have healing and the fact that it was now like totally normal. And I want to be honest here because it wasn't my faith in the power of Jesus to heal um, my hand because uh, like I told you, I, don't, I didn't really like, I didn't think it would happen. Like the guy in the story, I was kind of sitting outside the gate just hoping, just hoping for a few quarters in my guitar case or something, you know, just like, yeah, I'm happy to get a half, half numb and, you know, hand and it, and it still works and I can still play music and play golf with my kids and still work with, one, with both hands. That's, that's good enough. That's all I need. So, I mean, again, it's, it's kind of sad that I'm, I'm talking up here about healing because I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the last person that has all this, all this faith figured out. But um, before you kick me off the stage and, and uh, never let me come up here again, I, I don't think I'm alone. I don't think I'm alone. We all have a little bit of that beggar in us. The guy who just sees the immediate struggle or our immediate pain or our immediate issues instead of looking at the eternal, the, the, the stories that can be told through, through the power of Jesus Christ. We all look at our immediate suffering and ask God for things that will get us by instead of asking for things which truly satisfy his eternal purposes. So today, I want to stand here to proclaim that in small ways, like, like some numb fingers that were healed completely, to big ways like, like cancer or de- depression or degenerative back pain or hypertension or diabetes or heart failure, in anything, in any of those things, we can see healing through the power of Jesus' name. Through the power of Jesus' name. Not through something that you do. Not through some faith that you have, better faith than that other person. Oh, I'm going to have enough. It's not like that. It's not like that. Because we're not going to always understand why we get healed or why we don't get healed. I mean, I've personally prayed so many times for, for many of you to be healed from things, and it's just not happened yet. But don't be discouraged because Jesus is our healer in his time and for his purposes and for his glory. We, as a church, and I, Mark Ashley, the guy who sometimes doesn't have enough faith, I believe that Jesus is our healer. So I couldn't end this sermon without asking some of you do you need healing today? Do you believe in the miraculous power of Jesus to overcome death, to overcome anything that we face in our lives today? So I wanted to invite the prayer team up to, uh, to the front. And, I'll, and if anybody here, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of stand up and, uh, and close our eyes right now. Why don't you just start praying not for not for the relief of your own suffering 
but that the glory of God would be shown through whatever miracles can happen through your life. Because the key of it isn't that you're healed, because let's face it, we're all going to end up in the same place. At the end of the day, at the end of our lives, we're all going to die. So it's not about us. But we believe that, that the power of Jesus Christ to heal can transform, can transform our families, can transform our workplaces. When I, I tell that story, like, I once had numb fingers, but now, now I don't because of the power of Jesus Christ. And when you can tell that story, God will use that for his eternal purposes. So that, that is what we're praying for. That eternal, that eternity would be changed because of what God can do, what Jesus' name can do in this place. So we're going to give a little more time and I'm just going to be quiet and we're going to pray. If there's nobody that needs, needs healing today, that's so fine, but I just want you to have that opportunity to come. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.